you're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRIR. I'm Bobby Howe, and you are... I'm so excited. I'm Andrea Sheridan. I am the president of Missouri Realtors. So we are also hosting the Missouri Realtors podcast at the same time. Woo-hoo! And what are what are we doing together here today? Oh, we are going to be diving in to legal update for oh. for um, the lawsuits that are happening. I don't know if you've heard of those. Oh, that that there's some lawsuits going on, like like NAR national type lawsuits. Yeah. So we we brought a special guest on with us who's going to help fill us in on everything that's happening so every realtor can just have an update and know what they need to know. So we have Leslie Muko, the General Counsel and Vice President of Legal Affairs and Antitrust Compliance with the National Association of Realtors. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are so excited to have you here today. Um, But let's just get straight down to business and what our listeners and what our members need to know. Um, Can you just give us some background on this lawsuit that we're talking about, which essentially is a trial? And um, what are some specifics that will help people understand the impacts of this case? Sure. Um, So I think we're talking about the Burnett uh, lawsuit that was filed in Missouri back in 2019. Um, The lawsuit was filed by class action attorneys against NAR and four corporate defendants, Realogy, now known as Anywhere, Remax, Keller Williams, and Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And in the lawsuit, the class action attorneys allege that the defendants got together to make commission rates too high. And they allege they are too high um, through a misreading and mischaracterization of NAR's rules and practices in both the Code of Ethics and MLS uh, policies. They allege that uh, buyer representatives really have no role in the transaction. And if they have any role, it's a very diminished role because property information is now so widely available on the internet. Um, And they say buyers can just go online. So they don't need the representation um, from a buyer representative. Um, And that if they did, if a buyer did want that representation, that buyers should pay that directly out of their pocket or potentially forego that representation altogether. Let me be clear that NAR fundamentally disagrees with how the class action attorneys are characterizing our rules. At the heart of all of this is that very much because of NAR's rules and how well local MLS local broker marketplaces function, consumers are better off and business competition is able to thrive. And the very reason NAR exists is because there was a need 100 years ago for a higher level of ethical practice in real estate, and that's where NAR came in. And we will make it very clear to the jury that realtors look out for their clients' best interests above all else, that compensation is set between brokers and their clients and is always negotiable. Um, The free market and competition are encouraged by NAR. They are supported by NAR's rules. And there is incredible value to using a real estate agent, especially a realtor, uh, when you buy or sell a home. So um, we will we will lay that all out in a way that juries um, the jury will understand and it will resonate um, and we will ultimately prevail. So 
when is the trial starting? When what what do our realtors need to know about when it's starting? What what communication do they need to have um, with their clients, with fellow realtors? Yeah. Um, so the trial is is starting on October 16th. So it's going to be a three-week jury trial in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, so uh, NAR and the defendants will have an opportunity to go in front of a jury um, and prove the lawfulness and pro-consumer nature of our rules and policies. Um, I think some things that members need to know now is that they don't have to wait for a result in the trial to begin winning um, in the minds and hearts of consumers. It's really important and has been critical for our members to be out there talking to consumers at every opportunity that they have um, in every conversation they have with a client or potential client um, about the value that realtors bring. What are the services um, that realtors provide their clients? What is the value of using a realtor um, and a professional representative in what is for most consumers, the most uh, significant financial transaction of their lifetime? Um, members should also be talking and educating consumers about the MLS, local broker marketplaces, and how they work for the benefit of buyers and sellers, and how they bring uh, property information to um, home buyers and home sellers and um, really make home ownership more attainable for a broader group of home buyers, particularly um, low to middle income and minority home buyers. And that is really at threat at the core of these lawsuits, because if the plaintiffs do prevail, um, it will uh, cause a rippling effect and uh, potentially mean that fewer home buyers are able to attain the dream of home ownership and it will be more expensive or they'll have to forego the professional representation um, that uh, consumers need in this very significant transaction. Leslie, can we jump into that point just a little bit? So when you say fewer buyers will be able to purchase a house, how does this affect that? Because if uh, buyers have to pay out of pocket for um, the professional representation, that's going to mean that there are um, they have limited more limited funds to spend on the actual home purchase. So home sellers are going to suffer as well because home buyers won't have the um, capacity to afford what they can today because of the way the pro-consumer, pro-competitive rules that NAR has um, in place uh, today. Well, and correct the, me if I'm, yeah, if, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, the what the buyer's agent, um, the compensation is already built into the purchase price. So within that purchase price, the buyer is ultimately paying their buyer's agents through the purchase price, right? That is an assumption that is not necessarily true. So there's no um, evidence that home sellers would necessarily. Um, lower the price of the home because the price of the home is priced at what the market will bear and what the value of that property is um, and does not factor in the uh, real estate agent fees in the value of that property. It's dictated on many different factors um, that go into uh, a property's value. So, so Leslie, I, I have a quick question for you. So you talked about, you know, less buyers being able to purchase properties because they will have to come up with that money out of pocket and many buyers don't have a lot of money going in anyways, which three and 5% down are so popular. Is there any reason why um, agent or broker compensation can't be included into mortgages? Yeah, right now that is not an option. Um, NIR always advocates for um, policies that benefit consumers. 
but financing commissions really have the opposite effect. It could lead to higher costs for borrower, borrowers, especially those who are already struggling with home affordability in today's market. Um, and it could also mean that buyers face more expensive mortgages because um, they'll have to take out more uh, money in order to make that purchase. Um, interest rates could be higher. Um, they're already at um, really uh, high rates right now in the market. Um, as well as uh, potentially having to get uh, private uh, mortgage uh, insurance on um, these mortgages as well. So it really does not serve um, buyers in the current marketplace to have to finance these commissions. So at the time of um, us doing this recording, um, the and you mentioned Anywhere and Remax as being two of the brands that were a part of um, this lawsuit. And they had agreed to a settlement and had just been in the news, the amounts they were. But as of the day of doing this recording, the details of those um, settlements have um, come out. And again, they've not been accepted by the courts as of the time of this recording. Um, however, we're starting to see some of the details. And from someone who's reading through it, it doesn't really seem like it's changing our practices. As we've said, we didn't do anything wrong. But there is one line that's causing a lot of people to get their hair on fire and it's that both um, franchises are saying they're no longer going, not that they're no longer, but they will not require membership um, at NAR and requiring um, following NAR's code of ethics um, and that it's up to the, each individual broker. How does that change anything for anyone in these brands? Yeah, I mean, that is a good question. Um, we didn't even know that they required membership. Um, we are a voluntary uh, trade association. So we've always operated as though each of these franchisees are an independent voluntary, um, uh, independent business who can make their own decisions. And um, so it really shouldn't change anything. It's always been voluntary. These um, brokers and agents can continue to decide and determine whether or not the value in uh, membership is there and they want to continue to be part of the organization. Great. So Leslie, have you seen any other cases like this before? What what were the results of those? So there is a, another um, class action lawsuit, uh, Merle, who has uh, filed a class action lawsuit against NAR and the same four corporate defendants. Um, that uh, lawsuit was actually filed first uh, back in 2019 in Illinois, and it's proceeding along a little uh, more slowly. So we um, have seen that the class was certified by the court um, and we still have, the defendants still have another opportunity to prevail in that case on a motion for summary judgment. So that won't be until probably sometime in 2024. Um, and so that case still is out there, but just proceeding a little bit more slowly um, than this one. We have seen also, um, as is very typical in class action lawsuits, copycat lawsuits. So Burnett is a copycat lawsuit to the Merle case that I just mentioned. And, and we know there are some other plaintiffs um, sniffing around um, to potentially file similar um, cases as the Burnett case and Merle, um, which is why NAR is so focused on uh, prevailing in the Burnett case. Um, it's very important that we prove the lawfulness of our rules and policies and demonstrate uh, that uh, consumers have been well served and have been lawfully served um, through their representation of a real estate uh, professional and realtors um, generally. And that will help deter any future um, attempts by other uh, class action plaintiffs or class action attorneys to file similar lawsuits. 
what are the potential outcomes of, of our trial that we're looking at for October? Yeah. So um, the best outcome and the one that we are um, very uh, optimistic that we will receive is that we ultimately prevail, that the jury finds no liability um, towards any of the, the defendants in the lawsuit. Um, if that is not the case, then there is the potential that the jury could find liability um, and that could come with both monetary damages as well as injunctive relief. Um, another potential outcome is a hung jury. Um, and that is uh, where the jury uh, uh, the jury does not reach a unanimous decision. So um, the jury must reach a unanimous decision. So if there are any holdouts, um, such that the jury is not able to reach that unanimous decision, um, it could be a hung jury, which would mean a new trial. Um, so as I said, best outcome, we win. Uh, there is the potential that um, the jury could return a, a finding of liability and monetary damages as well as injunctive relief. Um, and so what could that potentially look like in terms of the injunctive relief? Um, that could look like the court ordering NAR to change its rules or policies. So for example, the mandatory participation rule, which requires that uh, listing brokers make an offer of compensation to the buyer broker through the MLS, um, which is really at the heart of these cases, um, there could be injunctive relief saying that NAR, you must make that rule optional. Um, a less likely scenario is that that injunctive relief looks like the court telling NAR that you must prohibit offers of compensation being made by the MLS. As I said, that's a less likely scenario, but um, is a possibility. Um, if injunctive relief is ordered, um, the parties, uh, the defendants, NAR would most certainly move to stay the injunctive relief, meaning that we would ask the court to pause any effectiveness of that injunction pending an appeal because um, there will be an appeal if the defendants lose, there will be an appeal likely but if the plaintiffs um, lose. So we would ask the court to say any injunctive relief it were to order um, so that we can um, pause that until we have a final determination through the appeal process. So you answered one of my questions is, should we get injunctive relief? Would we appeal? Yes, 100%. Um, does NAR have the funds to afford bond on an appeal? Yes, we do have adequate funds. Um, we have been working and planning for this scenario. So um, we do have the funds to proceed with an appeal if that uh, should become necessary. Okay. Leslie, we've talked about some potential outcomes. We've talked about some potential impact that this can have on consumers. Um, but why specifically, you know, because this is a podcast um, put together between Kansas City and the Missouri Association of Realtors. So why should Kansas City and Missouri residents be paying attention and what can this potentially mean for them? That's a really good question. It's an important question. Um, you know, Kansas City consumers, residents, um, home buyers and home sellers need to be paying attention to this case because, um, it will have impacts, negative impacts on consumers um, in the way that they're able to buy and sell real estate moving forward. And if NAR is not able to adopt pro-consumer rules that ensure clients' interests are primary and that make buying and selling real estate smoother, we would be forced back into the 19th century, which we call the wild, wild west, where unscrupulous people um, were able to regularly defraud clients. Um, if the uh, ability for real estate professionals to offer compensation through the MLS uh, to other MLS participants 
um, becomes uh, compromised and consumers aren't able to benefit from that, um, then there is real concern and potential that um, if MLSs don't function the way they do today, that there will be no centralized source of available homes. So that would mean that buyers would have to go to every broker in town to find and um, figure out what homes are available. Um, it would mean that the really reliable and accurate information that is currently available, thanks to the MLS and the real estate professionals who participate in those MLSs, um, that the information on the internet about home, um, home listings um, may become less accurate. It may become outdated. Um, so consumers won't have that accurate information that we currently enjoy um, through the MLS uh, broker marketplaces, the way they function today. Um, and it could mean that fewer homes are available for buyers to choose from on these real estate sites. And um, ultimately, buyers um, will be impacted because they may not be able to afford uh, professional representation and they might have to forego that representation. And um, what I earlier said was, the most significant financial transaction that most of us enter into into our lifetime. So it would mean the buyers have to go this very important, significant transaction without that expert um, by their side in the transaction. So, so Leslie, if uh, members are wanting to follow along with the trial and keep updated as we go through these three weeks, what's the best way for them to follow the trial and what's happening? Yeah, um, hopefully I'm gonna I'm gonna point to a website that you're all very familiar with by now, but competition.realtor, that is your um, guiding light through all of these issues. And I hope that it's a, a place that your members have found themselves going to frequently throughout the past several years. Um, but on competition.realtor, in addition to all of the other great information that's on that site um, intended for members to use, um, there will be a special section that will include updates, regular updates um, regarding the trial. So that will be your best source. Check that out. Um, when there is information and updates to share, they will be posted there for all to see and uh, follow along um, how the trial is uh, unfolding. All right. So for the positive light at the end of the tunnel, are we going to win? We're going to win. We are confident that we will prevail uh, in proving the lawfulness of our rules. Um, we always operate in a very pro-competitive, uh, pro-consumer way. Um, and we know and believe in the local broker marketplaces and MLSs and how they really best serve home buyers and home sellers and um, provide that accurate, efficient, transparent, and market-driven pricing for consumers. And we really believe and are confident that jurors will um, get it, they will see it, and they will understand how the current landscape works for the benefit of consumers and that they are best served um, through these pro-consumer, pro-competitive policies. So Realtor friends, this model has been used for a hundred years. It is working. It is an opportunity for us as professionals to be better, to be more transparent, to be communicating our value to our sellers and to our buyers so that they can see how it all works together for the benefit of everyone in the transaction. This is your opportunity to shine. Use your knowledge, use your expertise, um, and, and it'll help us all be better as an industry. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm kind of like silent clapping you, but I can't clap into the podcast that'll throw everything off. So we're going to silently cheer and nobody can see us doing that. Um, Leslie, the last question I ask all of our guests on our podcast is what else? What else should we have asked you? What else should we be talking about? What else should our members know? I am so glad you asked me that question um, because there's a couple of things that I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to just um, drive home here, which is 
Realtors, talk about your value. You know your value. I hope you've been talking about it all along, but it is more important than ever that you are talking with anybody that will listen in your community about what you're doing for consumers, what you're doing for your communities, how you're advocating on behalf of consumers for um, private property rights, the value that you bring to the transaction. Help consumers understand the value and services that you bring, how your participation in local broker marketplaces and how they operate and function are um, in the best interests of consumers, as, as well as using buyer representation agreements. That is something that I hope that is being incorporated into your regular business practices. But if it's not, then now is a good time to start. It is a um, perfect opportunity for you to... Um, have those important, meaningful conversations with consumers when you um, when they engage your services so they understand what they're receiving and how you're being compensated. Talk to consumers about how you're being compensated. Talk to them how real estate commissions work and how they work for the benefit of home buyers and home sellers. Um, it's more important than ever. Um, so definitely do those two things. Talk about your value and, and use buyer representation agreements because those are two ways that uh, you all and we all can win these lawsuits right now and um, will help us uh, plan for the future, uh, regardless of what the outcome of the trial is. Thank you so much for your time with us here today. And um, we just want to thank you um, again, Leslie Muko with NAR. Um, we just really appreciate you giving us this little bit of insight and spending some time with us. Andrea, any last words to send us off? Buyer representation. Explain your listing agreements. Woo! Go team. Yes. Go team. Go realtors. Um, we're going to do this. Thank Yay. you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate you.